Hi, welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater, your host. And joining us today is James Graham. He's been working as a pastor for many years and has a, uh, a bunch of foster kids as well. How are you doing, James? Hey, James. I'm very good, thanks. Hi. Hi, Matt. Hi, Alex. Now, I was just explaining to Alex, uh, every time I see you at uh, my kids' school, uh, you've got all these different kids that you're picking up or dropping off or you're going to camp. And uh, How many kids do you have, mate? Just give us the, the snapshot. <laughs> well, I have uh, five natural children. My wife and I have five natural children. Uh, we have three uh, children who have been with us from birth through the foster system. And we have another two children who, uh, at the moment, who are with us uh, on a, a temporary basis. They've been with us for a couple of years. Oh, awesome. So tell us a bit about yourself, James. Where are you from? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm originally a Kiwi. Now I'm a certified Australian, as is my wife, Rochelle. And uh, we've been in Australia about uh, 13 years now. Um, we started fostering children back in New Zealand. So we've been doing that for 15 years. And I think altogether we've had about 53 children through our household. Well, it's amazing mm. the uh, the a number of kids that you've been able to minister to and care for and uh, be a father and a mother to. And uh, I'm, every time I see your children, I just think, wow, they're just so precious. Uh, uh, you've got such a, a great witness as a family. And you've been preaching around the place. You do a bit of ministry. You travel around yes. and share your story. And uh, your message yes. that you're bringing recently is uh, quite a powerful testimony about an encounter with heaven. Tell us your That's story. Right. Yeah. Yes, well, I, I had um, I had in April 2015 um, a colonoscopy. I had been feeling quite run down and uh, not really sure what was going on. Um, and the colonoscopy turned out to uh, be a colorectal cancer. And um, well, that's what they discovered, a tumor the size of a baseball, in fact. And uh, so I was diagnosed with stage 5B colorectal cancer which um, is, is uh, very, very serious, obviously. Mm. And um, I underwent uh, surgery and radiation and chemotherapy uh, over a course of uh, about 18 months. Um, and I have made a full recovery. I've been cancer-free for about 18 months now. And awesome. tell us about the uh, the night that it all happened. You told me a bit the other day. <laughs> Alex hasn't heard this yet. Tell the us night. about the night. <laughs> okay, well, you know, that was April that I got diagnosed. And, of course, you go through various kind of treatments, to, um, to prep you for surgery. Uh, in my case, it was bowel surgery, removing a portion of the bowel and the tumour. And uh, I was uh, meant to have a four-and-a-half-hour bowel operation, but it actually went for almost uh, uh, ten-and-a-half hours. So quite a lot of complications were involved. I was in hospital at uh, Prince Charles and making my uh, recovery, but unfortunately my bowel... Um, was not uh, coming back to life. So uh, what what happens with the bowel, when it's handled, it goes into paralysis. And uh, it's a natural process, and then it's meant to rectify, and the the bowel uh, kicks back into life. It can't be shocked like the heart can, 
and um, also you can't have any form of pain relief um, because that sends the bowel even further into um, into um, dysfunction. So mm. I was recovering in Prince Charles Hospital and uh, unfortunately not recovering. My, my bowel had stopped working and my digestive system was still creating digestive fluid. We make about a litre of fluid a, a day. Unfortunately, that was turning into poison and filling my body. So I was getting very, very sick um, from the complication of, uh, of the surgery. And uh, I was in hospital for 11 days uh, post-surgery and my bowel had not started and, uh, and I was uh, in very, very grave danger. Uh, the surgeons weren't uh, particularly confident that, that I would make it uh, at all. And uh, on Father's Day 2015, my wife and kids came up to see me and we really weren't sure whether that would be the last time that we would get to see each other. Um, so uh, that night, I was in the hospital uh, ward uh, on my own because I had been taking chemotherapy, so you get isolated. Mm. And um, around midnight, I woke up. Now, I had been able to basically move around because, uh, you know, apart from the wound, you know, I was physically able to move. Um, but I was actually pinned to the bed uh, when I woke up at about midnight, and all I could feel was this heaviness and this uh, intense love uh, on me, and I was immobilized effectively. I, I became aware that I had been speaking to God uh, prior to waking up. I, I was aware that, that there'd been a conversation going on, and I kind of came to halfway through it. <laughs> and... I said to God, Father, you don't seem to be talking about my cancer. And he said to me, well, cancer is irrelevant. And um, I was quite angry at that, at that little point. Wow. I, said, I said, Lord, it might be irrelevant to you, but it's very, very relevant to me. And uh, I, was, I was not happy. And uh, instantly... I was put back to sleep. <laughs> and about 10 minutes later, I woke up and again, I could feel this intense love. And again, I could not move. I was pinned uh, to my bed. And, uh, and the Lord put nine shapes, nine white buttons right in front of me. And they kind of like just round white buttons. They were all identical, made out in a three by three row no way of distinguishing one from the other. And he said to me, which one of these do you like? And I instantly knew which one I liked, even though they were all the same. So I, I told him which one, and he said, oh, I knew you'd choose that one. And he started to, to laugh, and, and he was very, very happy, uh, which was kind of strange, given that I was very close to death. And uh, so then those buttons disappeared and, and a set of uh, boxes came up again, all identical, in an array. And, uh, you know, the Lord said to me, if I could take one of these away from you, which, which one would you choose? And I instantly knew without any kind of a way of identifying which one I'd like to be taken away. So I said that one. He said, yes, I knew you'd take the one. And this process of question and answer with a series of shapes 
went on for an hour and a half. And um, the, the, the most unusual thing about that interaction, apart from the fact that I could have reached out and touched the shapes, was that we had an understanding of the choices that I was making. I wasn't aware of what choices I was making, but we were in an agreement that these were the right choices. And so, as I say, this went on for about an hour and a half. And then the Lord said to me, I am happy with the choices you've made. So, um, <laughs> excuse me, it's still a bit of an emotional thing two, two years on. Mm. When, as a Christian, when you get diagnosed with something as serious as cancer, uh, all sorts of things go through your mind. You know, what, what have I done to, to bring this on? I know the Lord is good. What have I done? What choices have I made that have brought this on? And so I, I like a, a number of people I've spoken to in this situation, took on quite a lot of guilt about being a born-again believer who believes in healing but being sick. The minute that the Lord said to me, I am happy with the choices that you've made, I felt this guilt and grief just come straight off me. Um, that, that was quite incredible to be released, you know, from this burden that I had somehow brought this cancer on. You see, I, at the time that that happened, I was only 49 years old um, and uh, I've I, I'm an ex-military man. I have always kept myself fit. I've always had a good diet. I, I've never been a smoker. You know, my, my lifestyle has always been a good, uh, a good, healthy one. And so, you know, the 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 the, uh, the fact that I had bowel cancer seemed incredibly unfair uh, as well. So those things were lifted off me, which was quite incredible. Um, so this went this went on and. Uh, uh, for about an hour and a half and then I, I drifted off to sleep. Now I had my phone with me and I had it in my hand so I could see you know, basically how things were progressing and uh, at one o'clock in the morning at home my wife uh, was woken up by the Holy Spirit and, and the Holy Spirit said to her, command his bowel to work. Wow. So, so she so she got up out of bed and um, and just spoke directly to my bowel and said, you, you will work in Jesus' name. And, uh, and, and so she was working on the same issue, if you like, uh, at the same time, which was incredible, because neither of us actually were confident that I would have made it through the night. So then um, uh, – a brief sleep of, of, of 10 or 15 minutes, and I woke up, and at the end of my bed was Jesus. And and I could see that as next to him, I recognized him. I've had I've seen him before, um, another time that the enemy tried to take me out. Um, and he was talking with the Holy Spirit, and they were talking about me, and they were at the end of the bed, and they were talking to one another, and then they'd both look at me, and smile, and then they'd say something, and then they'd turn back and talk to each other. And it was kind of like being on the outside of a conversation that you really feel like you should be part of. <laughs> um, but this went on for some time, mm -hmm. and I was just um, mesmerized uh, watching these 
is two elements of God, if you wait. Now, theologically, I can't really understand or explain this, but it is, this is what happened for me. And I saw these two conversing over me, and I became aware that they were speaking vision into, into me. Um, I, I know that at the time that this occurred, that I was aware of what they were saying because I know from my memory that I could hear and was responding to some of the things they were saying. But I could, in the morning, I could not remember a word of what they said. But they were speaking uh, vision into my life. I, I could tell that. And uh, I was agreeing with it. It was almost like the Father, uh, God, had, had said, you know, like, he, this guy's got to get healed, and then he's got to give a reason to believe he's going to live. <laughs> So this is my rationale of, of, of what happened to me. Um, so the, the, this, this uh, conversation uh, continued for some hours. And uh, then I dripped off to sleep for a few minutes and I'd come back again. And the presence of, of God was, um, was uh, not visible, but, it, but in the room. At, at times I felt like he was sitting right next to me. Um, and this went on for, uh, uh, until seven in the morning. Uh, oddly and oddly enough, um, because I was so sick, I was meant to have hourly observations by by the nurses. Um, but from twelve o'clock to seven o'clock, uh, no one came into my room. Wow! They, they just no one even. And the following morning, when the specialist came in to check in on me, uh, he made no comment of the fact that there were no observations overnight for for me. Mm. Um, so getting back to what had occurred, uh, the, the, the presence of God in the room was so, so incredibly wonderful and peaceful. And the Lord had been so happy that uh, I started to think, maybe cancer is irrelevant for me. And I started to buy into what he was trying to tell me, that where cancer was concerned for me, he was going to take care of it. Um, so if I could jump back a ways, um, about eight weeks before I was diagnosed, I knew I was sick because I had no energy, um, and, uh, but no pain and a, a, a little bit of, um, bleeding, uh, which, uh, which the, uh, my GP thought might've been hemorrhoids. He wasn't overly concerned. I wasn't overly concerned, but I knew I was sucking in energy and I happened to be at a prophetic, um, uh, summit at our church, and a, a, a visiting prophet got up and he he uh, pulled me out of the crowd with a very specific um, uh, word of knowledge, and then he said to me, "The Lord says to you, no death, you will live and not die." Wow! And, <laughs> and of course, at the time, I had no idea of my situation. This was pre-diagnosis, uh, yeah, and so I was just excited. Yeah, that sounds wonderful, Lord. No. <laughs> I'll live and not die. Yeah, you know, hallelujah, ring, lifting my hands. Of course, eight weeks later, I got diagnosed, and I had a word to grab hold of, which mm. was that I would live and not die. Wow. Um, and thankfully, I had a team of five specialists um, with uh, because the cancer had spread to different parts of my body. Four of them wanted to send me home to basically live out whatever days I've got left. Only one of them, who happened to be the lead specialist for my case, only one of them actually believed that they, they should try and save me. So uh, praise God for, 
for that. Um, and so we, uh, so the, getting back to the encounter, this went on for, for all this time. And there were a number of other things that were much more personal that, that are probably, you know, only relevant for me and my wife and, and, and don't really uh, warrant sharing publicly. But, but this encounter was so incredibly wonderful. His love was amazing. Uh, it was at times funny. Uh, his, deme- his demeanor, the Lord's demeanor, was was humorous and relaxed and um, loving and peaceful. Uh, and um, and so then uh, I went into a, a, a deep sleep. And in the sleep, I was uh, I had a dream that I was standing uh, in a field, and there were other pastors in fields with their own sheep, and the horizon was completely black. And all of us were facing this dark storm coming towards us. And I felt the Lord say to me, tell them all to turn and face the other way. So I did, and we all did. And then the Lord said, the storm is big and dark, but turn your back to it. Mm. And um, it was really impacting because I, I felt like that was part of uh, you know, what I had experienced, this, this big storm of cancer, but to turn my back towards it, essentially to make it irrelevant, to, to take it out of my vision and to focus on him. So, so uh, I know that there's a lot more in that particular dream, but, but essentially that was the message and I was living it out. Well, James, our time is almost wow. up, but uh, let's just uh, you know just continue your story a little bit. So yep. you know, when you and I chatted the other day, um, you just look like the picture of health. So you know, you, you've <laughs> recovered and you're glowing. You know, obviously, an encounter with God changes your life. Um, to, to tell us how it how it ended that, that day. Okay, so I, I woke up at uh, I came to it about seven. The presence of God was still in the room till about nine o'clock. I couldn't move. Eventually, I rang my wife, and all I could say was, "He's beautiful." <laughs> and, of course, and of course, she uh, she was relieved that I was still alive. Um, the specialist came in at nine o'clock, and they said, "Well, okay, look, uh, your bowel has kicked in. Um, we are very surprised, um, and it looks like you're on your way." And I was out of the hospital within five days. Wow, so good. Um, and then uh, uh, my recovery and my surgeries and things like that went very well. I had a I had an ileostomy bag for a period of time while 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 my uh, colon was repairing. Um, but the most important uh, thing that um, that I think has happened for me is a realization that when God says He's going to do something, He means it. Yeah. Mm. And uh, and He got me through that. Now I don't dismiss the fact that I went through medical treatments and I went through surgery. I went through radiation and chemotherapy. The Lord told me um, years. Uh, before uh, I saw him putting on surgical gloves and I said, what's that for? And he said, we're going to do surgery. Mm. So when it came to the question, do I trust God for my healing or do I go through the surgery? I knew the answer was both because he had said to me, we're going to do surgery. So, so, uh, you know, flash forward two years and there I am under the knife and uh, relying on him very much to bring me back. But my relationship with God is, um, has changed. I'm, I'm much more relaxed with him, and I think he's relieved about that. <laughs> and uh, I, I, uh, I trust him implicitly with my life. Well, it's an inspirational story of healing and an encounter with God, and I think we need to hear more of these kind of stories. I mean, they happen all through the Bible. They yeah. should be happening today, hey? 
Yes. Well, <laughs> well, thanks very much for giving me the opportunity to share this. I, I, I give glory to God for getting me through. Thanks so wow. much, James. God bless. Thanks for joining us on History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's Word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.